Hello, and welcome to the Cubecorn Games Podcast. My name is Dustin Morbido. Joining me today to talk about video games and stuff and things, Lorraine Morbido is here. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I tried to uh, reel it a little there that first time. I was trying to... <laughs> Had a nice long pause. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, taking it in, seeing the sights. What sights? Speaking the sights. You. Stating my voice sites. What? I don't know. How are you doing, Lorraine? How's it going? Maybe better than you. I'm not sure what's going on right now. I'm just tired. Oh, girl, same. Did more exercise than one day than I. It is true. I've done it a while yesterday. So go we'll talk fast. About, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I want to keep the the organization of the show the same <laughs> as we've been doing the last couple weeks. Fun. But uh, how has your week been? How you doing? We couple weeks, two weeks since we did the last podcast. Mm. I always forget. I don't, I don't know what I am anymore. <laughs> uh, fine. <sighs> Temperature's about the same, but like school group wise, is a little lighter at work, which is nice. That is falls on imminent. Hell yeah! Looking forward to it. Fuck yeah! I wasn't like the. Fall I, I don't know. All. The only part. The only parts about summer. I like are like the things that happen, not the sure, yeah, not the vibe, not the like temperature. Now yeah. it's only getting worse over time. So. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, the sooner we get out of there, the better. Uh, Summer is for people who fooled themselves. <laughs> Fall, however, pretty good. Hell yeah. Some I don't remember who it was in chat the other day. They were talking about they went to Yates, and like they're just serving cider and donuts all year round, mm. and there's like no one there, and I was just like. Oh. I just want to go when it's like a little bit cooler. Sure. And just an apple orchard. Have, have those Southeast Michigan for our goddamn <laughs> listeners from other warm elsewhere. cider donuts and cider and just ugh. Apple orchard or apple cider mills, cider mills slap and are fantastic. <laughs> and Yates owns. That's all. Statement. That's all. Yep. Not sponsored. <laughs> no. Sponsor me. Give me like just send donuts to my house and we'll talk. <laughs> if you're out there, Mr. Yates, Mr. John Yates. You'll <laughs> <laughs> take any check the any check the cut. If you're in, you'll take it. I mean as long as that check is donuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we didn't experience any donuts. Cider of any kind. Tragically. Because that fall's not quite here yet. No. Not really. But we did participate in the consumption of a different Michigan-sourced product. Uh, we played uh, another local game. This, yeah. one, this one's out. Yes. Uh, I played one game this week, uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. We'll talk about some other stuff in a minute. But the indie game we played since our last podcast uh, is Wave Crash. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like we had mentioned on the, um, the stream, it's been in our periphery for forever now just because like it's another local guy in various meetups we've had tables by him never really sat down with the game yet so mm-hmm. i'm glad we actually got the chance to do it yeah steven zavala i believe which we made, it, we made the destiny joke about his last name when at the last physical meetup he, <laughs> he's like the only thing i know about destiny is the word zavala getting <laughs> <laughs> it's like well that's one of the better parts of destiny so Indeed. it's a good thing to share a name with but mm-hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, he's he right. He's uh, a pretty big organizer in the mm-hmm. indie community around here. He helps out with the locally sourced stuff that Mike does. 
Um, and that's all super appreciated, I know, mm-hmm. by everybody in the yeah, the for south, sure. The, not even well, locally sourced is I think is a little more southeast Michigan, but like the mm-hmm. whole Michigan game dev community, you know. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it like it's a lot of work being the organizer, but like it's such a amazing role, especially when like you can do it really well, which he seems to do it. Like or anyone, all like the locally sourced like main contributors or people who operate in the periphery seem to be. Really passionate and really good about what they do. Yeah. And, and Mike even, that's great. like, for, his, for uh, him, I'm always impressed by him because he doesn't even really have any ongoing, like, mm-hmm. video game projects necessarily. So he's And he just... seems to be doing, I follow him on Twitter, he seems to do a lot of kind of he's a, a bunch of different into, stuff. Big into tabletop stuff, big into just experimenting and stuff. Yeah, and just, like, zine stuff I know too, lots of stuff, which, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's so cool. I love people who do a lot of different little things because, I mean, that's what I do. Yeah, but those guys are doing good work and we'll talk mm-hmm. about the game more in a second but i just wanted to shout out that yeah. if you're interested in small games Woo. and cool people who make them or support them Colette, do not out. eat the e- ethernet cable baby no <laughs> our cat's being bad uh, she was can... like full on just like munching on the end of an ethernet cable before we started recording <laughs> now she's <laughs> sitting next to it and i'm nervous do you remember what the actual at is the actual handle for locally sourced on twitter i think, I if think you just it is just, it, locally just locally sourced, sourced. i that, will fact they check. have they snag that <laughs> and double check. And then Flyover Games is uh, yes. Steven's studio. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Flyover Games or locally sourced on Twitter for cool, small games of all sorts. Mm-hmm. And we still might try to get uh, Steven. Lo- so it's at L-O-C-A-L-L-Y-S-R-C-D-M-I is the okay. the handle. Works for me. Bang. <laughs> yeah, we might. If he's interested, we might still get try to get Steven on yeah. here at some point to talk about. I well, for initially, I had asked about his game or anything else he was interested in, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll I'll maybe just toss that by him at the next online meetup in a a few days here. I was gonna say yeah, it's, it should be soon. Memory. Um, we'll see how that. Works and it's out. um, flyover underscore games is um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, the handle. he didn't indicate he might want to talk about stuff other than his game, which is totally fine with me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll see if we can start doing that still sometimes, looping in other developers. But anyway, Totes. back to the game because mm-hmm. who knows how much we'll talk about it if he comes on the show. Maybe he'll just want to talk about That's other true. shit. Yeah, we played Wavecrash on our stream a couple weeks ago, and like I said, it's pretty fun. It's a like puzzle fighter game. Yeah, so it's a, a, it. a two-player competitive, and even uh, two players. I think it's correct. I think you can do four, two v two. Oh wow! Like I believe you could do. Yeah, uh, kind of like Mario the, Tennis. There was sort that of. one screen that had, and I feel like I've seen in like the attract screen multiple people per side. Yeah, but it is a competitive multiplayer puzzle game with yeah. like fighting themed elements, like fighting game themed elements. I feel like the at one point. I heard during just one of the like events we were all at, he mentioned the Mega Man Battle.net games. Is that even similar, or is it just the grid that's kind of similar? Because I remember so visually, like, the, yeah, the only part I could really speak to is visually because I didn't really play. I've, those yeah, games. I've never played them either, but I, just, I remember but, that has always stuck in my mind in association with Wave yeah, Crash. But I've certainly seen them, uh-huh. and they the visual visual presentation yeah, on yeah, screen yeah. That, like, of Wave Crash looks similar to mm-hmm. those for sure. Like that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, mechanically, I can't necessarily uh, speak yeah. to how, how similar it may or may not be to those games. But You're on like a somewhat isometric grid? Yeah, kind of like a tilted 2D plane. Uh, Move 
that looks sort of like uh, um, like all on that horizontal. You're moving on the horizontal surface. Like a, I guess it's technically 3D because you're moving mm-hmm. forward looks, and it, right, back. It looks so, sort of like a like you know a match three or like a Tetris attack style grid of stuff that you need to to, to match up to attack your opponent with. Sure, like a um, just like it's a, it's not like Tetris where there's like an empty space on this board that like you're filling up with. Yeah, tiles it's like as you go. you've it's, got a set grid of colors your main like action is moving around and swapping pieces to make bigger areas of attack to then throw at your opponent in a wave and either build up junk on their side so they can't access those blocks hit them with the wave to do damage and push your air control of the field forward or crash their wave to negate those effects from their attack happening to you sure and you're, you're controlling a little main character like yeah. you're not just you got a cursor on, yeah a, right not a cursor on the screen you're controlling you've got a little like character a on the passive grid. and active abilities that you can um make happen based on yeah right. colors of blocks that you're throwing and or like in sometimes potentially like the size of the um the groups i guess that you're you're throwing yeah absolutely right because the uh Everybody has, like you said, the passive ability thing, which is like they'll do something, and that mm-hmm. that seemed to me like one step above, like a puzzle fighter level of customization, because yeah. puzzle fighter has the, the like, like the grid, the pattern, yeah, the grid basically. pattern, which obviously this game doesn't. Well, I guess it could have that. Yeah, it, it was hard to it, say if there that information wasn't surfaced. I'm not sure if that was anything. Like some characters did change the blocks on your opponent's side with their effects, so I don't know if there mm-hmm. was like a intrinsic like oh this person always does such and such after you throw a thing or whatever right but for a puzzle fighter type thing they the character choice in that game changes the composition of like the grid as it comes or or no wait it's not even that is it it's the it's garbage. garbage yeah it's yeah, the garbage you throw at other throwing. people okay thank you for correcting me as i have corrected myself mm-hmm. probably through that thought but the thing I was going to say anyway is that i think i like wave crash's implementation on that a little better because it is it's more, more um, elaborate and it's also more, it affects you more than it affects yeah. the other people. Because, like, like, in a game like Puzzle Fighter, it's like, oh, it's more, like, visual presentation. Like, the garbage, the only one that kind of really is any different is Dan, because it's just fun laws. Yeah, he's the, right. He's um, the doofy, doof character. And, like, I feel like in most other, like, your Tetris attacks or Pokemon Puzzle League or whatever, it's all, it's set dressing. It's not actually, like, as big of a deal what character you pick aside from just who you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, or and in like a game a... like Money Puzzle Exchanger, it also doesn't matter. It's just who do you want to hear mm-hmm. yelling at you constantly. Right. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I think Money that's Puzzle the... Exchanger slaps, by the way. I think that's the coolest part of Wave Crash's mm-hmm. like iteration on that genre is I really like, I like how, yeah, I how really diversified like that a lot. the character abilities are. And like you said, they all have supers. So they have a passability that's just kind of on. It's just uh-huh. a thing they do. And they have supers that... You basically put it input after you've cleared a certain number of blocks of a certain color, like all at once, right? Yeah, need, it's like I think it was generally like of, six of a specific color, like the ninja for, girl. I think um, she needed six purple ones, something, something like that. And then she made like a clone that would throw an attack and and could take a hit for you um, before disappearing. And like um, the one guy whose head was made of fire, I wish I could remember his name because he was like my second favorite character. Yeah, um, I don't remember any of the characters. He names, was like making. They're um, all pretty cool. The art, art design, Pixar he, art was like, neat. He's like one of his passive things was like putting down these skull blocks on your opponent's side, and his super 
made them all an attack. Like they all blew up at once or whatever and did damage, which is neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then again, kind of the object of the game, like hawk dive. Yeah, as you mostly described before, is as you're matching up puzzle blocks and then you you basically match up blocks and you push uh, an attack button Mm -hmm. when your character is over a any block that is part of a contiguous set of three or more blocks. Mm Uh, and it'll like basically raise those up off of the stage and, and throw them. Literally, yeah, slide them across the field to your opponent's side of the field. Because um, it's basically one giant rectangle that you're kind of both occupying. Well, you can't walk yeah, past oh, yeah, the center the, point. The, well, the, and the center point moves as, like I mentioned, you do damage and take more control of the field, pushing it towards a goal line, not necessarily off to the end. There's like a maybe you give right. them like three blocks yeah, as yeah, the I last think it's livable the, yeah, three, space. Three ticks from that center point. Is uh-huh. the, the like victory position, um, and so yeah, you're right. You just want to throw enough garbage to eventually hit Knock your, your opponent's opponent character. I, like mm-hmm. you said, I think it is three hits. That's the round. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and each time you hit them, you're basically pulling, pushing the f- field back towards them, make, giving them fewer blocks to work with and you more blocks to work with. Mm-hmm. So it's very momentum based and like, it really in the competitive is. sense. And like yeah, it feels very meaningful when you get a hit in. Yeah, uh, and, and if you can you keep throwing, options. then you can, like, in some cases, much more easily sever an entire half of the play area they've got and really box them in and then just keep going. Yeah, drawing first blood is a big deal. <laughs> uh, it, it increases your chance, chance of winning by a lot uh-huh. from the two hours or so I, uh, we played of it. But yeah, it was a good, uh, that, 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 all that stuff I like a ton. Like, I'd like the the philosophy behind that game, yeah. like the, the design decisions like that. I think that's all really neat. Uh, it was a good time to fool around with. And mm-hmm. then for the handful of things that I think we had a hard t- slightly harder time with, it was all like... Kind of like minutiae. Yeah, very it. very uh, finicky, minutiae type mm-hmm. control stuff. Where And and again, like I said, I, I completely understand why the game is the way it is. Oh, yeah. Like all the things that we're about to talk about, because as we talked about on stream, it's just hard to find a one-size-fits-all... <laughs> Yeah, tuning for control stuff that will mesh I feel like well, especially across, like, a in very something like a puzzle or a fighting game. Honestly, like I feel like that kind of stuff, similar to like platformers specifically, mm-hmm. like where your sequence of movements or like inputs, even I guess is a better word, is very like meaningful. It can be hard to like you're gonna. Whatever you choose is gonna rub someone the wrong way, yeah. no matter what. And this is the hardest part of I think tuning tactile sensation and control yes. in games because we're not talking about like layout. That's different. No, no, no. Because this game is very simple. Like you know, it has mm-hmm. the, the stick like or the th- D pad yeah. moves your character around. There's like three buttons. Right. There's a there's a button to throw an to attack. Swap. There's and, a button yeah. to to attack, and then yeah, I think the Activating super, was your super. Sep- was one separate other input. Um, so it's not f- physically a complicated. No, the controls are very simple. Yeah, which again is good for a puzzle no, game. No, absolutely. I like I, I think if you overthink that, <laughs> you've really gotten into the weeds. If yeah, you, uh, have made a puzzle game that you need to do like really arduous quarter circle mechanical forward. control inputs. Yeah, to, dragon to play. punch. Was <laughs> the only fighting game inputs I know. <laughs> um, but the character movement is, uh, like I said, I think we both found a little weird because you'll basically. So the grid is a bunch of individual tiles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you hold the directional movement in any direction, your character will both like it's not quite a snap in place like a Tetris or whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. a, since you have a character on screen, they physically have like you know they walk they walk right. They have a movement cycle like they have an animation for walking. Uh, so they move from spot to spot, and the, and they will also move as far in a direction 
as you push. So it's not like a like if I don't if I tap left, uh, if I, if I hold it for even like a second or two, you know, the character is gonna go as far left as they can until they hit the mm -hmm. bounds of the play area. Whereas in something like a like a Tetris or Puzzle Fight or whatever, and actually that's not even necessarily true. I don't know. I think it's just the timing maybe even is different between a tap versus a hold. That would maybe that was the thing because yeah. if you hold like left. And Tetris, the block goes all the way to the left. Yeah. But I, but I feel like I like playing something like Tetris or Puzzle Fighter. I never really have a problem tapping the inputs to move one space at a time very easily. Um, and in this, yeah. I was having a slightly harder time doing that. And again, like I said, that's just one of those things that's really hard to do, and not mm -hmm. everybody's going to feel the same way about that. Like, yeah. Uh -oh. Well, because I think one of the other things about this game in particular is that you can store movements. And it will play them out in a sequence. That was something that that was mentioned in the um in the tutorial, which I could see that being like mastering that for this game. Like you would be a force of nature. Like if you can plot out all of your moves. Like oh, I want to go here, throw this, pick up this block, immediately go over here, swap that, throw this. And if you're able to like input all of that, like without having to do like all the individual taps like if you could if you like oh i need to hold for like two seconds press a button hold up for a few more like mm -hmm. that's a really cool way to design something yeah it's just neither of us were prepared for that yeah and my, and like i said for my personal sensibility that's where i would have loved to either have the d-pad be the more precise separately only like a single move no matter yeah. how, you, how you hold down or even have that as like a like if you're willing to go that far have it as a toggle in the options yeah like in, like in smash where you can turn off off to jump Mm -hmm. Like I would, if if I had a request to put in for Wave Crash, it would be to have a toggle that's uh that when you flip it on, it's uh a single a pu pushing a direction moves your character one space uh -huh. and no further. So like if you're holding down the stick to the left, you know it'll give you one hop to the left, and then mm -hmm. you can tap it three or four more times if you want to keep moving. Uh, but again, like that that would be super irritating, I think, for a lot of people. Like I I, I don't know that. Most of the player, no, most people who play that game would necessarily want it to be that way. Mm. But that's kind of what, after playing it for a couple hours, that's kind of what I, I wanted out of it personally. Yeah. And again, it's just a matter of taste. Like, and 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 we also didn't, you know, we played it for about two two and a half hours in total. So mm -hmm. it's not like we were, you know, no, no yeah, grinding okay. on it for a, a week or more or something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is this is pr still very much. We weren't putting the hours kind of in. That you would need for something of this uh, kind of caliber. Yeah, because the because the thing the problem I ran into the most was just I just overshot. Yeah, uh, oh, usually, uh, usually I was, around yeah. one space like a lot of the time, mm. like and then I would have to kind of like recreate. That was the biggest little. problem I was having with the one character that can like word wrap essentially around um, the bounds of the screen. Um, yeah, I was overshooting that a mm. lot yeah, because of that. Right, because outside of the. Yeah, because like you said, there is a there is a character again. I forget all the characters' names, but he's kind of spooky, and his mm -hmm. thing is if you he does like the Pac Man thing, where if you reach the edge of or it's because it's not even just that, like it's the um the block, the garbage caged blocks that your opponent throws. You can warp past those to okay. the top of the screen too. I, I don't even know if I did that. I did that yeah. a few times on accident. It's the it's any boundary that you can't walk through. You just if you go into it, it'll, you it'll will warp you to, the, to the, op opposite like the top. Side. So go down you go down, you'll go up. Right. Left, right, yeah, right, yeah, left. Yeah. So if you're at the right, if you're at the very top of the screen the boundary of your play area. Hit up, it'll put you at the bottom most yeah. playable section of the screen. Yeah. But like you said, and I and I thought that was pretty well balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, if your inputs are on point, because there's a nice like 
there's a nice little animation to it that takes like just enough time to make it a cost to do yeah. that. So you're not spamming it, but not so much that it, that that in itself felt arduous. Mm-hmm. But when when you're missing inputs and accidentally doing it, it felt really bad. Yeah, because then you're just out <laughs> of time. you just you lose so much momentum. Yeah, you in lose this a lot momentum, of basically. you lose a lot of time over the course of a match if you. Mm-hmm. accidentally misclick and and teleport even two or three times in a row. Yeah, I think I only played that character one game and I was like, mm, I can't. I'm not equipped for this. <laughs> um, and then kind of last stra- stra- observation of that, like controls and balance and stuff like that. As Like I said, I really thought the characters in general were pretty well put together. That ninja character in particular was another thing where... Uh, if I were if I were tuning up that game, I think I might I'd have made the default character movement speed closer to hers because uh-huh. her her thing is just she moves faster. Like her base uh, native ability is she moves mm-hmm. a little faster than the other characters do, and that felt really good. Like it felt more responsive. The, yeah, the speed just felt it's, it's, better. Yeah, it, sp- it split the difference between you know the characters are still moving in like linear time. They still have yeah. like a walk animation and stuff. Uh, it felt, but it felt close enough to something that was like interest, like moving, you know, a Tetris mm-hmm. block one space in the same frame you hit the button or whatever. Yeah. That like I, I just, I just personally again found it preferable. Like if I played, if I was gonna get into competitive wave crash, I think I would just main her for that reason. Mm-hmm. It just felt so much better to move her around than everybody. Yeah, else. it's always tricky when you give like a costume or character like a speed as their like ability thing. Because I know we kind of messed with that and down the drain a little bit, and I'm glad we moved away from that because that just like it really narrows the funnel a lot on like what like if if that movement speed just feels so much better why would you use anything else like at the end of the day i feel like having i mean it's it's kind of like the the destiny problem honestly you give too many movement abilities to one specific bucket and you don't keep them on other things why would you yeah. Use those well, other and, buckets. Right, and, and Destiny has kind of had to kind of like, yeah, move for that movement problem in particular, Destiny has kind of had had to backtrack in that way in that mm-hmm. Hunters were the class with the most movement abilities. And then over time, they have given the other two classes, Warlocks and Titans, Bits. at least one option yeah. to have something similar to but the not Hunter's movement still kit. still nearly the same. Uh, like, the discrepancy is still pretty big. Yeah, because that's, that's another one of those interesting game design balance things, right? Where, like, yeah. at some level, the bit arguably one of the biggest you uh things that makes an ability useful is how is its uptime is like how mm-hmm. often is it useful and in a game where you're actively moving around the screen mm-hmm. which is many games most you know, yeah a moving ability is, is useful a hundred percent of the time i mean even just like looking back like like donkey kong country like why would you ever want to play as donkey kong when he's so much slower than diddy <laughs> like that's why in, from what i've heard uh DKC2 is everyone's favorite because it's two Diddy speed characters. Mm-hmm. You don't have the slow one. Everyone can just zoom and it just <laughs> feels better. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I haven't played that game in a really long time. Like I... Donkey slow. <laughs> Fair yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, it's just it's just a hard th- hard It is yeah, balance. it's tricky. And it's a game with a lot of characters. Like, coming up with abilities is really hard. Right, and like, exactly. That's a very easy way to go, like, if you're making your initial list of things. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we did that with Down the Drain. Um, there were, have been, like, y'all don't even know how many revisions all those costumes went through. I don't think <laughs> any of them mm-hmm. has a, like, maybe it's a little bit of what a costume used to do, but sure. that grab bag has changed so much over the course of development. But yeah, in quantifying, you know, you set down a play space and you set down an initial... Mm-hmm you know ability set and then you have to try to quantify gameplay mechanics that around that like that Mm -hmm. can change either the rules of the game or the rules of you know 
your character or your mm-hmm. weapon or whatever it is and changing the movement somewhat is a very easy initial place to start yeah <laughs> like it, it's certainly i mean on the, yeah that's on the a list it's an easy variable to tweak in yeah, most game can, engines too start, just like boop start messing with for to expand mm-hmm. the pool of uh gameplay options mm-hmm. um but yeah with all that said like i said there's a you know as as we said at the end of that stream, there's a handful of things I would tweak about Wave Crash. There's a handful of twings, things I would tweak about every game I've ever played. Yeah, somewhere between a small number and a big number, depending on the product. But on the whole, I really enjoyed it. I think mm-hmm. Wave Crash is a lot. I think is a lot of fun if you have anybody you can like any co- couch multiplayer. Like if you're just yeah. looking for something that you can fuck around Absolutely. with. Absolutely, because it's also not a super hardcore thing. No, like, and I, and it could. As with any competitive thing, it could become that way. Oh, absolutely. If someone decides to get really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, much better than the rest of the play group or you might mm-hmm. be playing it with. Uh, <laughs> but I, th- I think you could put that on in front of anybody and they could have a good time mm-hmm. after, like, a few minutes figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, on our stream, we'd gotten a little into the weeds with a um, an old friend of Dustin popping up. And there was a stretch of time where I was just, like, playing the endless mode. And, like, I was, I was really getting a feel for it while doing that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I could see myself like if i was playing it like kind of constantly like that and or against people like yeah and, and then you i, I came could back in i and could you, very easily yeah I you was... really trounced me that next round <laughs> after you'd warmed up a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> so you were you were finding your groove yeah uh but yeah I it would, was really cool like yeah i would uh, definitely recommend wave crash if you're interested in mm-hmm. like i said uh competitive local multiplayer stuff yeah and puzzle stuff and puzzle stuff in general mm-hmm. but i think you get a lot more out of that game with people. playing with other people yeah though. like you said there is an endless mode there, but it, it is there, there it are gets... one or two things and, I, and you might be able to play i think you could play maybe against the bots. computer yeah bots too yeah but there was i, think I don't want to play any game no. like that for an extended period of time like you want other people to fight mm-hmm. so yeah wave crash is out now on steam yeah one of the few things we've played that's actually released uh, it's around ten bucks, which again, I think I think ten dollars is the sweet spot. Yeah, I think that's a good deal for pretty much any video game. Mm-hmm. Like, like if it's you know, and and it'll still vary. Like you know, if you don't like shooters, a ten dollars shooter isn't going to appeal to you. Yeah. But I but I think ten dollars is a great price, just in terms of like on average how much money people are making. And again, I'll say in America because that's a very mm-hmm. different conversation yeah. overseas. But you know, ten dollars is a pretty affordable amount of money to be able to put down for. For a thing that you can get theoretically a lot of fun out of, yeah. So yeah, Wave Crash, Woo. good time. On on the whole, would definitely recommend for that type of thing. Absolutely. And then other stuff we've been up to, uh, which is why we didn't stream another game this weekend. Mostly, mm-hmm. is is kind of two games <laughs> dun, dun, <laughs> that dun. we played a little bit of over the last couple of years. Um, I played the Pokemon Go event yesterday. The Go Fest. Of this recording, yeah, go, the last Go Fest event because they did three of them this mm-hmm. year. And it was a good time. Like, I had fun. It was, you know, it's Pokemon Go. You walk around. You catch guys. <laughs> do raids. Some, sometimes you do a raid, maybe. Yeah. But I hadn't done any of that in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it was actually even more, less than the game. It was, uh... Just life stuff. Yeah, it was nice to, and it was nice to hang out with my mom for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, one of the, she she plays a handful of video games over the yeah, last, you know, and... couple decades. She'll play Animal Crossing when she has access to a new mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. I still kind of want to get her a Switch at some point <laughs> so she can play the newest one. Yeah. Uh, she's played Pokemon Go since, I don't know. She didn't play at launch, but what, at whatever Soon point. Soon after, honestly. Yeah, at whatever like... point, she got a phone that was easily capable of mm-hmm. playing it. Uh, 
she kind of started playing it, and she's been playing ever since then. In fact, she's been she's been playing consistent so consistently that she finally outranked me. Oh, really? In terms of level, because she's one level higher than. Is she really yeah, at forty five? Oh my yeah. god! Which is a lot of gameplay because that's it's a like, lot. The, the, the levels above forty in Pogo are nonsense. Yeah, are have despicable XP grinds. I'm on like, forty four, fucking... and I need thirteen million experience for that level alone. Yeah. So, so Lorraine, do you want to know how how despicable the XP grind is in total? I know it's terrible. Because I checked. So, so my account to, to date, and this is from, you know, mid twenty sixteen till today, yeah. playing. Like I probably logged into that game at least once a week, every week. Yeah. For that entire like seven year, mm-hmm. six year period, uh, and I have sixty million experience on my account in total. To get from level forty seven, I think it is, to fifty alone, is like almost 80 million experience <laughs> so so to, so you need more experience than i've ever accrued in in multiple years of playing to get the last three to get levels to the last to get those last couple levels uh, yeah it's fucking nuts. i still do not know how one guy on my friends list is at level 50 already that terrifies me and yeah, well, i'm afraid the, the thing there like that's another like going back to the live game problem of no i know tuning, i know there's, there's tuning stuff for people who've been playing too much, because mm-hmm. for people like you remember back in the day, the old uh, like if you were doing a hardcore XP grind when you were trying to level up those early levels, you'd put on a lucky egg which enhances your experience, mm-hmm. and you catch a bunch of guys, and then you'd make sure you have at least another lucky egg on, and you evolve a bunch of guys, evolve a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. and that gives you both those things gives you experience. And I stopped doing that years ago, even before like mm-hmm. like when I was in the mid thirties, I think level wise, I, I would, wasn't really doing that as much and eventually like naturally kinda mm-hmm. got to level forty. But there were some players in the Pokemon Go community who never stopped playing the game and never stopped playing it in that way. Mm-hmm. So those people like had that hundreds of millions of experience yeah. like even before they rolled out the level cap increase. <laughs> Yeah, because it was it was forty for a long time. Yeah, but it was still tracking experience. So like once they finally lifted the cap, I think I was at forty three, or going into forty three. I don't remember exactly, but I had those experience levels done because I had the experience already. Yeah, like it just posthumously applied. My total experience gain right, yeah. to if this you, new if system. You had, if your lifetime account experience had increased whatever threshold. Yeah, if, if you met, met those level requirements past level 40, you just were le- allowed to continue. Yeah, and then the, the thing they introduced for those levels above 40 are they all have other objectives. Yeah. Like there are other things you have to do in addition to just the raw experience cap to level the, level this up. But but my point being is that they absolutely tuned the total quantity of experience. Yeah, to the insane people. Rel- right, relative to players who like had bothered to explicitly grind experience in that game for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, played it, and, and even in the way that we have over the course of that game, which I would say is well above casual yeah. for like a lot of it. Like I've I've backed off a lot more in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. But like over the, the course of, from release to today, I would say we played that game. Like We've a, gone in the, to in every the go realm fest. of hardcoreness. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, we're not even close. No. To, to capping out the uh, XP for the levels and it's it, it just it seems way too high mm-hmm. but whatever that's the fine like I'll probably I suspect I will never reach level 50 in Pokemon Go and that's okay yeah <laughs> luckily it's they did the other thing where it's not really there's no reason you need to be at level 50 yeah because it used to be like capping how high you could get your guys like level wise and i think that's still true because i think the cap 
is 10 lower or it's 10 like the level cap for pokemon is 10 higher than your current player's level cap so if you get to level 40 well no yeah pretty sure you getting, can level a guy to level getting level 50. 240 i think is like what you need to do to actually get to level to, a Pokemon yeah, to level 50. To yeah. max uh, Pokemon's well, level. And that's got other resource problems that we're yeah. getting into now. There's a lot. The Pokemon Go economy is fucked. Um, but but yeah, Pokemon, the recent updates to that game have been very, mm-hmm. like I said, those kind of things, like feature updates have been very centered around people who have played that game for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like it's been a lot of big time suck kind of things that yeah. they know people who already put a bunch of time in will engage with. And some of the more recent stuff that's been good for newer players like actually i think this GoFest event was a, an example of thing that i think that was better for the community as a whole mm-hmm. is that it was just a lot of smaller events a lot of smaller events i think it was smart and obviously monetarily i assume it was very lucrative mm-hmm. <laughs> to let people participate in GoFests from anywhere yeah because when not... we were going to those early ones you had to physically be there like mm-hmm. you had to go to chicago you had to buy a ticket you had to yeah and then since the pandemic they finally said all right if you're anywhere in the world, you can mm-hmm. play in this event. You know, it's fine. But those events are good for newer players because they. Because just... I think this year is the first time they actually had physical locations on top of that. that I don't remember if it was last year or not too, but yeah, yeah, definitely this year for sure. It yeah, happened. this year for sure they did. Right, um, they did both. They did do live events. Yeah, so I think I think last year the they might have just had the safari zones around. I don't think they actually had because there were like multiple different GoFest locations. Uh, which was never a thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always just Chicago, and then there were smaller, like these Safari Zone events, kind of around the globe. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, but but yeah, the, the these events are good for newer players because they they bring back a lot of Pokemon who have been absent mm-hmm. for a while or just because there's just are not too really damn many available to get in general. Yeah, because right, there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dudes that are in the game now. It's got representatives from every generation of Pokemon. Yeah. And most of the generations have almost all of their Pokemon released, like the first four or five. Four for sure, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm honestly either, not 100% sure about five. Either out in total or like pretty darn close to it at this yeah. point. It's just a lot of dudes. To, it's just mm-hmm. a total lot of a high volume of different Pokemon to yeah. check down if that's the thing you're trying to do in that game. Uh, but yeah, so that for my money, like I said, it was just a good time to... Mm-hmm. Just hang out and do something a little, a little I would have different. Been there too if I wasn't at work. Yeah, yeah, and if we had planned that you had better, you could have taken that day off or whatever. But again, I didn't even. Yeah. I had committed to participating in this until the week of, because mm-hmm. I was like, because because I had finally seen what like what was what guys responding mm-hmm. and what other things were happening during the event. And I was like, well, there's a bunch of new legendaries, I guess, quote unquote. Ultra beasts aren't legendaries. Ultra beast guys that you can get. In my mind, just couple, you can't. A couple other Pokemon that either. Haven't really been available before, or we missed them mm-hmm. the first time around. So I was like, yeah, sure. Play I think Pokemon our again for a weekend. Big halls were, I got some shiny Kradnos. Dustin got two, the two non regional exclusive, or di- regional exclusive for our region um, monkeys, the Pan Sage and Pan Seer mm-hmm. shinies. Yeah, and I can't, I, I'm not going to 100% say this, but I'm fairly sure this is true. As I believe one of the main differences between the paid ticketed event and the mm-hmm. regular event was the shiny rate. Like I know mm-hmm. that's true. So I know that that if you wanted like a, like Pokemon Go Fest traditional levels yeah. of shiny rate, like you wanted to increase shiny you had chances, to buy the you ticket. had to buy the ticket. And the other the main thing it got you was Shaman. That and I, th- I think unknowns too. Yeah, and unknowns. I think that's all correct. And then the the other spawns, I think you could just get 
mm. without paying for that's the what it sounded itself. like because um i don't know if you saw the oh, I, I was talking to josh on chat yesterday and he said he didn't buy it and yeah. like has like 400 chancy candy now because of the chancy yeah, spawn rates nice. in the and hour that's a, i think that's a like an adequate compromise yeah i mean in theory that's always how it worked like there were different spawn rates like for the different times from what i understand for those uh even the like first few go fests the ones when we were in chicago like these spawn rates in the world were different during those events oh sure i'm just saying i'm even just now saying yeah, a yeah, compromise yeah. in terms of like paid experience versus free experience because when they're outside events, there's no such thing really as the free experience. Like you, you, you paid to travel there. Well, no, 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 no. I'm ticket. saying like because there were there were like global events happening during those go fests. If you remember correctly, there were like yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like way, way worse. Again, because because that was it was more of a turn event based on proximity, not like. Well, there were still unique things happening in the game, sure. no matter where you were, is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, I got you. Which is the same thing as what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. But right, yeah. But it's it is better now. I will give you that. But this has been a president that has been there the entire time. It's yeah, just you're right. It implemented is a, in a much more you didn't buy the ticket friendly sort of way, which is good because they should do that. Yeah, you're accurate in that it is a it is a more symmetrical experience than it used yes. to be for non-paying players, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. Like I said, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Because I... I definitely took advantage of some of those things like earlier in the summer during those other events. There were different things um happening while those other go fests were going on and the different event periods that i benefited from and didn't buy the tickets yeah um but overall like i said i had a good time and then the last thing i think i'll mention about pokemon go is that uh i haven't started messing with a and i wanted to just call this out as, as a good example of a a way that gameplay systems sometimes change for the positive when they are so mm. arduous yeah, that's also the back and forth with Destiny, which we'll talk about mm -hmm. again right after this. But the Mega Evolution system in Pokemon Go is actually pretty okay now. Yeah. Whereas, whereas mm -hmm. when it launched, it was it was so predatory and so degenerate mm -hmm. that I, I didn't even engage with it. I was like, nope. I'm not I'm not gonna do these raids. I'm not gonna do these uh, of all these guys. This is fucking stupid. This is just because before this, the way they rolled this feature out initially is that like, mm -hmm. so the core games Mega Pokemon were a thing. Was that a Gen Six thing? Yeah. It was an early implementation of the this thing they're doing a lot now where you it can It was X and Y, so yeah. Where you can take a Pokemon in a Pokemon battle and like mm -hmm. push a button and change its state. Make it for the like, duration yeah. of that fight that, or a few turns yeah. in that fight or whatever. It was it was the entirety of that fight. You could only have one mega Pokemon active in a fight and you couldn't unmega them. Yeah. To, like, shift over to a different guy. It was just that. So the core games, it worked like that. And it was basically just a, d did you need, like, an item or something? Yes. Or? They had to be holding an item, and then, like, you had your, like, keystone or whatever. Sure. But but they had to have, it was a key item, and it was a held item that a Pokemon had to yeah. have. And at that point, that was just, like, a lock to, to unlock it. And then once you had the item, you yeah. didn't, like, need to... Go buy more of them from the shop or whatever. You couldn't right? buy more of them. Yeah, it was just it was you just, just you, now it, you have access to Mega Gyarados mm -hmm. forever because you found the item unless that makes you, Gyarados go Mega sometimes. Unless you sold it. Sure. <laughs> uh, but in Pokemon Go, uh, the way they initially rolled it out is was as part of just a massive repetitive mm -hmm. uh, currency grind because it was you could get Mega Energy from doing research sometimes mm -hmm. and doing raids. 
specific raids specific for specific raids Pokemon. with specific guys. So yes, yeah, so if you wanted to have to Mega Gyarados energy, you had to do Mega Gyarados raids, mm-hmm. or you know, be playing when they introduced research that specifically gave you yeah. Mega Gyarados energy, and then you have to do that. And you would use it to Mega Evolve them. And after spending a bunch of this currency, this Mega Energy to evolve a guy, they would stay Mega Evolve for a while and then turn back into the regular version. Mm-hmm. And you would just have to do that again if you wanted to ever make them, Mega Evolve them again. Spend so that to, currency, right? Spend and do all it that again. currency over again. And raids are uh, on top of like even if the like the monetary part aside, the time suck of that. Mm-hmm. Still, again, that version is such a void that it's just fucking insane and unreasonable. Mm-hmm. But raids are also money locked. Like, like you can only do one raid a day for free, or you can mm-hmm. do more than that. You know, for if cash, you spend some, if you spend dollars, yeah. So it was not only a massive time suck, but it was a, a huge money hole mm-hmm. if you wanted to like reasonably and evolve you, you multiple guys. And you can't solo mega raids easily, right. if at all. You at minimum need two people, if not maybe three or four, depending on the guy yeah. to comfortably defeat them. Because Megas are supposed to be very powerful Pokemon, so it's even it's like a legendary tier type encounter mm-hmm. essentially. But yeah, it was a, it was clearly tuned to be a particularly brutal mm-hmm. engagement engine where like they were like, well, if people were to engage in this, it would be a lot of hours played mm-hmm. <laughs> because the amount of time you'd have to put in to consistently Mega Evolve guys or even like Mega Evolve every dude once is going to be like a tremendous effort. Mm-hmm. And I, and I believe raids even gave you way less mega, mega energy than they do now. Like, I think you would need to do a solid fistful of raids to mega yeah. evolve a guy in that version of the system. So it was it was truly heinous. And I have yeah. no idea how many players meaningfully uh, participated in it, but I certainly I didn't. Yeah. And then I'm guessing enough of them didn't that the, that warranted the rework. Because as of, like, mm-hmm. the middle of this year, I think it was, like, April-ish. Something like that. They, they totally revamped it. And now how the system works is... Uh, you can still get mega energy from the same sources. Uh, mm-hmm. Research and raids. Raids give you a a lot now. They give you, I think, between 150 and 250, depending on how fast you do the raid. Uh, and I believe it takes between 100 and 200 to evolve a guy once. I think it's 100. I could be wrong. It's, it varies from Pokemon to Pokemon. Oh, really? Okay. Because like for Venusaur, it was 200. For Pidgeot, it was 100. Because mm-hmm. I, I have mega evolved a bunch of guys yesterday after, yeah. <laughs> like after finally experimenting with a little bit. Mm-hmm. But and once you do that, because uh, the other thing was on top of all those other systems, and th- this was shared between the two systems. W- once they mega evolve, there's a massive cooldown. Yeah. To when they can mega evolve again, uh, and the original system. I think you had to spend more mega energy to to remove the cooldown. And this system, you can you can just wait it out. And any subsequent mega evolutions after their mm-hmm. like cooldown period has expired are free, so you don't have to spend the energy again so to mega evolve them. So it's now it's changed from a like pure grind, like arduous time suck, mm-hmm. like money pit kind of thing, to like it's I guess more like Farmville or some shit from back in the day, <laughs> where if you want to like level these guys up because there's bonuses to the pokemon from repeatedly mega evolving them yeah and if you wanted to grind that out now it's more of like managing your timers and coming back and like mm-hmm. once they have refreshed you can re- mega evolve them again which is i will say not amazing but certainly better than the alternative mm-hmm. of like because that's the thing you can log in and do you know every week you could spend five minutes mega evolving guys because mm-hmm. you can you can only have one mega evolve guy active at once but you can just replace them with a new one. Yeah. So if you're grinding like mega experience, uh, as it were, on Pokemon, you can just like in a one week 
mega evolve all 15 or dudes and that'll take like you know 10 minutes so i'm looking and right just now just chill and then do it again um, seven days from then <laughs> i'm looking at the charizard that i have mega evolved and um every so often a mega charizard will flash behind him in the most threatening way possible and it's really funny mm-hmm. but yeah he's got like a cooldown of seven days to rest before he can mega evolve again yeah and 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 i can reduce can, it yeah, with mega energy you can still circumvent that timer and now whatever that cost is i believe that's just the cost to instantly re-mega evolve him okay so i think you can spend that amount and mega evolve him right now no matter how much time is left and i believe it just will go down as the timer shrinks mm-hmm. so, so if you came back and he like had like six hours left it's maybe just like one or two probably that'd be my guess but my next question is, does Mega Blastoise have the glasses if Blastoise has the glasses? I don't glasses? know. I want to find out. I don't have enough Blastoise energy I to do I it. I think I do. But <laughs> well, you can find out for us if you want. I'm going to Google. But yeah. Uh, and and they also increased the bonuses for having guys Mega Evolved because previously it was just, I think, it was definitely an attack boost to Pokemon of that type in battles. So if you have a mega mega water guy in your fight, your water all the Pokemon like your water Pokemon will have better damage. Oh, uh, and then then there might have also been the initial um, candy bonus of catching Pokemon with the same type. While while you have a mega guy of that type, will give you an additional candy. So if you have a grass guy who's currently mega, mm-hmm. whenever you catch a grass Pokemon, you'll get a little extra candy. But now they've increased. I think they increased the damage additions more and there's a couple other things they can do like like the candy bonus is doubled if you max them out which is pretty neat mm. uh, so if you get if you level a mega guy i think it's 30 times total if you mega them 30 times you get two extra candy whatever you catch a pokemon of that type and increased damage bonus and increased experience for catching guys it, it does a lot more stuff than it used to so uh like i said at the end of the day it's still you know a free-to-play game kind of thing where they're still encouraging engagement more than like broadening a ton of interesting gameplay but it is much better than it used to be so i i'll take it in that sense like it's <laughs> it's 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 a thing that it's a part of that game that i will now engage with sometimes as mm-hmm. opposed to a part of that game i'll engage with never <laughs> which is uh true of a lot of the other stuff that they've put into pokemon go at various points like i still think the i'm a little surprised they've never revamped how uh the friendship system works for mm. Pokemon in that game because that is a brutal, unrelenting yeah. slog <laughs> to try to like friend level your Pokemon up over time. It just takes fucking forever. Yeah. Uh, he does not keep them according to the internet because there's also a slow bro that oh, has <laughs> glasses that will not retain them either in the mega form. I think they get them back though afterwards. Oh, like, they, they should. They don't like lose them <laughs> in it. It wasn't 100% clear. Mm. In some of the threads I was following, but yeah, but I just wanted to call that out as, like I said, it's just interesting mm-hmm. when games. I, I like it when games have to pivot like that because it yeah. means the player base finally pushed back in terms of their engagement, their time or money, yeah. right? Their engagement, yeah, exactly. And like, like clearly, not enough people were interfacing with this deeply predatory system, so mm-hmm. we have made it. We have in turn made it less predatory. Uh, like that's always pleasant to see. Yeah, as they've been slowly adding more hooks into the game in a way that has really turned me off in a lot of different ways. Like my Pokemon go mm-hmm. playing has fluctuated a lot over the past like year and a half or so, give or take. Yeah. But mm. all that said, um, 
So Pokemon Go is still fun, really fun to come back to mm-hmm. from time to time. I mean, it's the only Pokemon game I'm playing with any <laughs> amount of regularly regularity. Ooh. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, it's still also a game about you know ultimately the gameplay is walk around mm-hmm. and catch Pokemon. Like that's hey man, still ever the since game. they introduced the free daily incense, I've been going for like a. Mm-hmm. 30-minute walk kind of every day that I'm not at work. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that's cool about Pokemon Go specifically that that it has against every other game like that is that it can incentivize other positive behavior. Like, getting exercise mm-hmm. is good. <laughs> so if the game can exercise you to get off or to, can incentivize you to get off the couch one more time than you would have per day. I like mean, it's, I'm it's also doing that after, on, like, on you outside of gameplay. G- being on the stationary bike for a small <laughs> chunk of my morning, so, you know, I'm doing just fine, but... Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Pokemon Go was a, is a fun, mm-hmm. sometimes game, <laughs> <laughs> if you're into, into games that are like that in any way. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I had a good time this weekend. It was it was fun to do that, like I said, it had been a really long time, and it was the first time I had been up on my feet for, like six to eight hours at a stretch in the years i guess at this point like i don't know that i've ever that i've gone that hard since the pandemic started i would say um gdex was probably comparable yeah it was but... similar but but when we were at the booth but it's different like know, walking and standing are very different tasks yeah so i get it mm-hmm. and we were also inside not outside right oh uh, but yeah that was a good time Woo. pokemon go like i said it's fun it's got its problems, but Most overall, things do. entertaining. Yeah. And then the last thing that happened in the last couple of weeks is Blorstony. Destiny, right? There's a new season out. Season and the of the Blunder. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and we don't need to talk about Lightfall. There's like teaser stuff. It looks fine. Yeah. Like it, it's not. I still think I, I. I'm not entirely sure how much I like the like Blade Runnery kind of cityscape. Like I like just kind of being out in like random space area, like I, I think it's, on a planet. Yeah, I'm really interested how it'll play out in practice. Like uh-huh. I can't wait to see what they'll do with it totally because mm-hmm. I do think it is. Uh, I both like them expanding. Yeah. Oh no. The bounds of what mm-hmm. quote unquote destiny has to be. Like I like that, but I but it also does feel totally out of sync with the everything else. Like the the apocalyptic nature of the uh-huh. end of this arc of that game of like, you know, we got the light, we got the darkness. They're two forces mm-hmm. that are colliding and <laughs> we'll determine the fate of the universe and the vibe of that, uh, uh, just like the aesthetic, the visual mm-hmm. vibe of that is kind of like chilled out, drugged out. And like, it, like they cited Miami vice. So it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's cocaine. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's the eighties. It's like you said. It's Blade Runner. It's that kind of shit. Like it just. It just doesn't feel. Uh, it doesn't feel epic. Which, like I mm-hmm. said, I don't know if it necessarily has to. And I'm. And there. There. Are, I'm sure will be some. You know. Big narrative stuff that happens that is meaningful within that setting anyway. But mm-hmm. I'll. I'll be really curious to see how it plays out. I'm. I'm holding yeah, judgment for like, now. I mean, it does feel weird, but it, I don't necessarily know if it's bad. One of the things that they had cited was like most of what we've been through, which is accurate, has been ruins. All we see are we we're af- in a world or a, un- a solar system post what is aptly called the collapse because all of the like the so- human civilization up to that point literally got destroyed and like the closest we've gotten to anything similar would be like on Mars or Europa where these huge like 
industrial and like science complexes were and they've all fallen way to just destruction like you just you're walking through like a snow-covered corridor on either planet and there's like frayed wires spewing stuff there's sealed glass of just like machines that are somehow still running that probably aren't actually doing anything but this is a a city this is a full-on like there are human civil or there are at least civilians here and they've been here this whole time yeah like i said i just think the timing is very interesting and very weird Uh because i absolutely get the like i said i think that's a that's a positive choice to make in destiny somewhere yeah oh for sure they've been telling some version of the same story for the past yeah you know six to eight years or however the fuck long it's been 10 year plan where like you said humanity is on the brink of collapse and Mm -hmm. everything is shit like it's it's star wars yeah everything is cruddy and we're fighting this giant evil um so so i absolutely get wanting to just like step away Mix from it that up, sometimes yeah. yeah but but in my mind like i said they're so close to ending this arc that i'm like i, I would have expected that after, after the this final arc, shave, right i would have yeah. expected like the the next era of destiny which they say is still you know there's there saying, they we're say gonna, right they're saying coming. we're gonna support this game for years to come including after this after mm-hmm. the next two years or whatever i would have expected something like that then like, yeah uh, uh so yeah, like i said it's interesting we'll see how it goes um, and the last thing about that expansion before we start talking about the current season mm-hmm. is that like in my I'm now back working my way backwards through the games that it influenced the <laughs> the main gameplay designers mm-hmm. at Bungie. Uh, and I think I can I think I can hone in on like one game per expansion uh-huh. that like so with like from like Shadowkeep on because yeah. Shadowkeep was Doom because uh-huh. uh, it was you know spooky and brutal that's and, why they put finishers in and yeah. shit like that was absolutely just like lots mod- of like lots modern of Doom. hard dark reds and black areas mm-hmm. like really spooky like set pieces like that one where you're you're going up you see the earth in the background and there's just all those spooky things and then you fall down and there's that pyramid ship inside mm-hmm. uh, like- beyond light was i'm not as confident in this uh-huh. one but like a, like i would say like Fortnite maybe and i'm i'm just going based on like the fact that like stasis as geometry mm-hmm. like building stuff like i don't think that one's as clean as the like 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 I I think they had the word doom written on a whiteboard like six times when they were making Shadowkeep. Yeah. The Fortnite one I'll, I'll grant is a little bit of a stretch. Um, and then I think Witch Queen was all just like I said legacy. Like I think it was just like any shooter with a more competent campaign. Like probably mm. in particular like like I bet as they were like planning out all that content for like that span of time when they were talking back and forth about 30th anniversary they were like yeah. we need to do something that's a little closer to our historical output in terms of campaigns because which which queen does feel a lot closer to something like mm. one of the halo campaigns than it does some of those other destiny campaigns especially particularly the stuff where they were initially going a solo like like shadow keep i think feels very flimsy yeah as a campaign it, it feels like other strung together parts of that game mm-hmm than more than authored content like like for sure like we'll make you do a public event here we'll make you do a strike here um but you know we're not going to do that much custom tuning encounters and spaces yeah for a campaign which is like witch queen felt much more like that mm-hmm. so i would suspect that they had like i said their older output on their minds and the, combined with other games that have just that are not even necessarily live service games that just mm-hmm. put more time and effort into making you know a dedicated campaign experience something that you play by yourself takes you know four to eight hours to complete or something yeah. like that just like slightly more designed campaign mm-hmm. content 
And then for this one, it's just like, oh, you guys really liked the Spider-Man game for PlayStation. Because <laughs> 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 it's literally just that. Like, the yeah. new strand ability is just, like... I can shoot a Spider-Man web and fling myself across the map, and I can shoot, like, Spider-Man webs at enemies and tangle yeah. them up. <laughs> um, which, like I said, I'm not, I'm not against. It's just interesting. Yeah. Like, it's fascinating to to watch, like, the them take influences from lots of different games and put them into this, mm-hmm. this uh, first-person shooter, this weird, very weird live game sort of thing. It's, it's, it's weird, Destiny's but not very bad. weird. <laughs> Correct. Uh yeah, and the last thing I'll say about this, which I don't think any anyone ever brought up, I'm not sure if anyone like else, because I've seen this that movie a couple of times. But do you know, like in your mind, can you think of what the Titan abilities look like in Strand, where he's got like arm claws or whatever? Doesn't that look exactly? And like I I don't want to say like just shy of litigious of the way that that dude arm thing. Yeah, is it right? Like, down to the way he, the Titan animates looks similar to, yeah. I feel like, the way that character animated yeah. in Big Hero 6. So there's there's a character in Big Hero 6 is a, is a Disney Wasabi animated movie is, from... Is, like, the only name he's given in that thing. I, I, don't, I don't remember if they say his, like, They don't. Given no, name. all of the people in the in Tadashi's lab, it's just, uh-huh. it's Honey Lemon, it's um, Go-Go, and yeah, but, yeah. whatever. Anyway, Big but, Hero 6, uh, a Disney animated thing. It's based on uh, a Marvel comic. Yeah. And then they, Disney basically adapted it. To, into an animated feature and there's a dude in there whose power is he can turn on he's got these like arm basically knives. like he's got an impossibly sharp edge basically yeah, he, is right, what he, his thing. Yeah, it's like a laser made... grid field that he yeah. gets put or like the main kid genius mm-hmm. hero puts them on like these arm blades essentially yeah, he can basically turn on a halo sword yeah. on each of his hands like he can he can he go, edward elric's it yeah he can do basically. something and create an energy blade yep. on each of his arms and it like the way the blades are shaped look the way they're shaped in the movie the color the, is the same the color is like similar and the and like i said the way that the the titan character moves in destiny i swear to god looks like because i know almost he, exactly he, like he that does character like a spin in the movie. doesn't he in the yeah, game he does and a he, spin and he the, spin yeah i'm gonna have to do like a one-to-one i'm gonna uh-huh. have to look at that trailer and compare it to some footage <laughs> from big hero 6 but like it looks so close that like it's almost. I'm like, geez, did you guys eyes, just? Did you guys just like rotoscope this or something? Did you <laughs> like just like? Hmm, I don't know, man. <laughs> Highly that was my, suspect. Yeah, that was my other observation. I was like, that looks really similar. You know what? To this I think I thing. maybe made that connection in my head because like just watching the Titan, I was because I I thought it just was like maybe I'm just thinking about knights in the game because like the knight, the ascendant or what is it, the guardian knights Mm -hmm. are are void and they pull out two shields in a similar animation so maybe that because that was my first thought i was like oh it kind of looks just like that and like sometimes they have those arm blades on them too but now that you mention that like it's (laughs) mm. like it like it almost made me wonder i was like did somebody we like used to work at disney and then like quit and get into game dev and like the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're working on this now. Like, uh, I don't think it's actually I, that. I'm just picturing like I said, the, it's just so the, fucking similar. The always sunny, the board. This is you, and there's like he's on <laughs> right? the one side, and you just, just keep coming back and like smacking Big yep. Hero Six. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was my last thought. Beautiful on, on that expansion. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh-huh. Again, the, the, other than like a teaser trailer and them like saying a few things about it on yeah. that live stream, there's not too much note about no. it. So. It'll be out next February. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. Well. we'll see. 
And then uh, the new season, season of the plunder, started the day that they yeah that whole did that live stream and stuff. Boy, has it been a trip. Yeah, it's it's like so far it's okay. It's definitely better than the last one for sure. Mm. I think. Um, I just meant more general stability wise. There's still oh there's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole why different. I, that's why I called it the season of the blunder, but. <laughs> Yeah, the the servers and like the overall tuning. There's been one too many like fat fingered uh, number values. Like yeah, right. Two whole classes are not getting resilience numbers at the moment. There's an entire weapon type that has been turned off for the past like almost full seven days. The new Titan exotic is has been off that entire time. Um, it is wild. Yeah, the, this expansion perhaps came in a little hotter <laughs> than it should have. I mean, the main seasonal event just isn't rewarding progress, like maybe sixty percent of the time. I think they might have fixed that now. Uh, I didn't see fix. any notes for that hot fix, so I couldn't tell they, you. They did Your nade launchers put some were still off. After the fact, but... I can't use anarchy. Uh, yeah, it's it's had some yeah. bugs for sure. It's not. It has certainly not been their smoothest content launch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, These people weren't crashing out of the day one raid, though. Right, but yeah, d- disregarding <laughs> that, like I said, I I, I don't know. I just like you're right; those are all problems, and it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. But I'm still just thinking in terms of like what is the product they delivered in terms of that, a, okay. a content sense. And in that sense, I think the season is better than the last one so far. Again, I mean, still pretty early, but last one was a bit of a rough patch. Yeah, like I said, I I I don't think you could. And Dest- like every like you could say this about any Destiny expansion, mm. depending on who uh, you ask. Who you ask, but like, there's a lot of stuff that comes out in that seasonal model of content that that can feel pretty lazy at times. Uh-huh. I think that last season was one of the laziest they've ever done. Like I said, in terms of like we were reintroducing a physical area of geometry that already existed, and we're plopping down, you know, just a wave-based public event thing. Which is like literally the most base level of content that this game can offer. I mean, it feels like in like my. I mean, granted, I wasn't here like year one, so I know people have different opinions about that. My still worst season by far is that Warmind season from um, Shadowkeep. That wasn't great with, either. With the bunker, but that was a very similar situation. No, that's like this. It feels like that, but at least like. This one was a little more focused than that because that was just a public event in like three different areas mm-hmm. that you might get people for, you probably wouldn't, and no yeah. one knew how to do it. And on the whole, you're probably it, right. That's... This public event, bad as it was, wasn't great. You could load in, you could like kind of queue up for it specifically, sort of. It was just shoot stuff as opposed to keep things from reaching a plate, throw a ball to a very specific spot you can miss, and, um, Complete, like, maybe another, like, half objective or something. All in a time limit that most often you failed without very deliberate intent. Like, Yeah, I'd, I'd personally give those a push gameplay-wise. Like, I don't... They're both bad. They are both care, bad. I don't care which I'm one was comparing less bad, but... the rotten apples to the rotten oranges over here, Dustin. Yeah. Specifically. But, yeah. Because they are different. You're right. That Warmind season had to have been worse overall because it also had less narrative stuff. The, the oh, yeah. only stuff that was good in last season, which was Season of the Haunted, was the... The tailored severed missions. Yeah, the story which missions. Which were actually which, really good. Yeah, which I still think weren't good, good gameplay-wise. No. But, like, narratively, you know, they had a lot of spoken dialogue, mm-hmm. and they're touching on... So much. There was so much dialogue in that season. Yeah, like, they're touching on character stuff um, that, that they haven't really done too much of, which I, re- I appreciated narratively. Because even... Um, 
I don't know how, I mean, I know you didn't do the actual containment event very often, but there was a lot of unique dialogue that happened after that from week to week. And after each of those weeks, it was changing constantly because mm-hmm. like the first two weeks or whatever, it was based on Crow. So it was mostly Aldrin talking to him or other people around there and they were commenting on it. Second week, it's Zavala and um, Sophia. And then after that, it was Keitel and Gaul. And now it's just kind of like a grab bag of like, all of these, like, the memories, not the nightmares, and the normal crew all just talking constantly. Like, it, I've heard so many different and unique um, sets of recorded dialogue, which is really cool. And then, yeah, all those Sever missions were fully voiced with all these characters. Yeah, um, Narrative, narratively, I think last season was fine. Like, even good. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, gameplay-wise, I think it was, like, a failure across the board. <laughs> I didn't functionally want to do any of that no. shit. Uh, but this season seems better, and again, and it's, again, like it's not like great. I wouldn't say that this is like top tier no. game design from Bungie by any means, but I think it crosses the bare minimum of being like engaging enough to where mm-hmm. I don't have a problem going back and do it a little of it every week. And that, and, and I do think it is amazing how much just changing the gameplay dynamic from being in a physical space that is unchanging, and you kind of walk to moving within that cycle. To, yeah, to moving yeah. forward through, you know. The course you're moving through still not same. really changing much from run to run, mm-hmm. but, but you're but just, moving locations. Yeah, as just to the psychological. In a box. Yeah, the psychological impact of over the course of you know a mm-hmm. ten minute activity or something, going to two or three different locations, mm-hmm. it just is better. <laughs> it feels better. And there are like there's in theory three steps to this too. Yeah, and the the other like, big part that is me- yeah. way more meaningfully different is that each time you complete a tier, like like one little section of this, there is a slight mechanic variation. No, I even on. made I even meant like so. There's the um, the part on the pirate ship. Mm-hmm. There's the part on a planet, which I'm assuming is going to change week to week because generally that's yeah, we happened. Didn't actually know that yet for sure. Um, where you like you're digging for treasure basically, mm-hmm. and you get those pieces, you get the resources for that from the, the kind of other things, but also mostly that um, the pirate ship one, the catch crash or whatever the hell it's called. And then um, the equivalent of the sever mission is going and fighting a specific boss to get a relic, which you only do once a week. And you do that after like the loop of pirate ship, dig for treasure, steal the treasure is essentially what you're doing, which I think is like, it's better than like, grind this public event, do one sever mission, oh, you're done. Yeah. That's all. And I, Yeah, and I was even just talking about Catch Crash mm. and comparing it to the Castellum thing. Because in the Castellum, it's just kill shit, and that's it. And you, like, walk, you know, for a public event, like, over and For an opt-in shit. public event as opposed to a queued-in playlist event, I think that's as best as you can do. Because, like, you get too much more into the weeds. No one knows the mechanics. No one learns shit because everybody's dumb. Mm-hmm. But but for the Catch Crash thing, it's got, you know, like, kill shit, and then you do a fun little transition where you shoot over, like, from... Mm-hmm your ship to like a pirate ship like you launch yourself onto the deck of their you know silly thing so thematically it's a little better uh-huh. and then there's at least like you know there's a mechanic where you step on some plates to take down some shields or whatever and then kill a thing and that's at least something and then there's a different mechanic where you You're have to blowing kill up a shields thing, kill a thing to drop balls and throw those balls at things like they they, they did some a mm-hmm. little bit of work to change it up a little bit which i, I, I appreciate uh, and then you, right, eventually you get to the end and you fight, you know, a boss or whatever. And, uh, uh, I hope those change at least a little too. I'm pretty I hope sure. it's not just a servitor every time or whatever. Well, it's a shank. 
but um, I guess, oh, I guess it is a shank. There's servitors the, are there's little, the servitors there's the little baby servitors yeah. that hover around mm-hmm. it. There's a big servitor earlier on too, right? In that like the one entry area, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a big one. There are servitors around because um, it's fallen. Anyway, it's it's just more diverse. It's, no, it is it's absolutely it's one hundred percent. You're not wrong. I'm yeah. not here to say that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just comparing the garbage to worse garbage. Yeah, and this is again, this this is I think a good like, like this is a um, a tone change that I think is more fitting where we're at in the cycle of destiny because it's still like you know, like I said, it's not it's not a night and day shift. It's just like it's still, a tone change in a similar. It feels setting. a little bit of a jerk to me. Like, it, it is very different because last season was deep, you know, emotional. Well, even before stuff. that, like um, with the Keitel stuff, like the season of the chosen. Is that that one? No. What was the one before this one? What one launched with Witch Queen? Where like they're literally like moving her throne world into other real world locations, and we're like, oh, we need to stop this. Like, mm-hmm. it's like hive invasion. Things are really bad. Oh my god, it's even worse. <laughs> Law <Lol> pirates. <laughs> it's a weird year. It's like it's a similar tone shift to the 30th anniversary thing, but I think that was much worse personally. Because the season of the Lost was wild, and then we like, oh, we're stopping for like three months because we're behind schedule. Which mm-hmm. that's fine. I'm glad they took the time because Witch Queen owned. Um, but then it's like game show with a horse, um, just full on nonsense everywhere. Law pirates, very referential dialogue and shit. Law oh, okay. pirates. It's um, always law pirates is the third one. That's how they get you. That's the that's the hook. <laughs> sure. If you like, will. I said it, it'll be interesting because like maybe and maybe when Lifehall comes out, we'll experience that cycle twice on like a micro level and a macro level because within micro within the and ca- macro aggressions? within the cadence of one year's worth of destiny, uh, you'll get like you know like I said we we got two serious narrative things and then a calm mm-hmm. before the storm. And then like the build up the, and the build up for right the mm-hmm. the dark middle chapter or whatever. Um, and like I said, I, I'd be curious to see if Lightfall is actually like I said. I don't necessarily know that it will be in practice. Like visually, it it is very candy colored mm. and like bright, but I don't know. I mean, have you seen totally super hyper realistic wrinkly callus? Like yeah, he's right. there he's too. Gross. Like he looks like a like a silly putty that got rolled on the floor I of mean, a fucking. Barbershop if or you, something. He looks gross. If you gross. read any of the um, the captain's logs from the um, Presage mission, there's at one point where the guardian in question, who you steal the dead man's tail from, sees Callus in person, and he talks about it like he looks like that because he's normally in like a pressurized suit because he's falling apart because he's old and nasty. <laughs> so now he's just got like. He's in his nasty body, but he's got eternal life because he's a witness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or disciple That's of the witness. A disciple, yeah. Lol. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, I think I think in that I think that might be a little misleading. I don't actually think that my suspicion is that that lightfall content will not be as light as like I it is not. visually, which it will be its own kind of weird thing at that point because yeah. then then within itself it might feel like it clashes a little bit. Again, we're reserving mm-hmm. judgment. But I, this feels more intentional to me in that like we're giving you guys a break from the heavy shit. Mm-hmm. 
before we get heavier. I mean, again. I hope there's still some of that spooky shit in there, like because Aramis the, is back. We haven't even like really talked about Aramis. Well, I, I truly, and that—that's the. You're right in that. Like, I don't think they're gonna do that. I truly think we're gonna defeat her in a very like swashbuckly, you know, yeah. devil may care fashion. Which like like I like want that's... Aramis to do more. I liked her. I really liked Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. I I could go either way on that. I absolutely like. I want to see her. If come you back. don't vibe with that, or somebody else doesn't vibe with that, I completely understand. No, it. I understand. I think it's very reasonable to to want that to her to feel like more of a threat or whatever. Or, or for I mean, the, granted, the stakes. To it's feel only higher. week one. Our biggest yeah. the biggest news with her was holy shit, she's been thawed. Mm-hmm. But but for my money, again, this is where. De- Destiny is able to get me every time. It's like uh, if I can hang out with this, like the scumbags, the Destiny universe. Oh, I can drink. Ev- I can drink with the Drifter in, canonically in every game. season <laughs> with the Drifter putting in more dialogue than most yeah. other people mm-hmm. is already getting a thumbs up for me. Like they should have just put reckoning. A, like, maybe wasn't great, but yeah. I loved all those cutscenes with him learning about him. Mm-hmm. I. I mean, season of arrivals, long though it was, so much drifter dialogue, and it gave us the trash can. Yeah, pre- right, that's what I was gonna say. Presentation-wise, the only note I have on this season that would make it better more drifter, more drifter. Yeah, I would have put, and this would have been, you know, a whole different thing. But I would have put an interactable drifter, uh, like a NPC or whatever, in the in behind the, the bar. In the in the fallen, what is that space called now? It's fallen the, town or the whatever. Ether tanker. It's the Elixney district. Elixney district. Yeah, I would have put a, or the Batsa district if you want to be specific. Yeah, I would have put a drifter behind the bar on the Elixney district, and every time you like talk the to ether him, ether tank. Is that what they called it? Because it's not the empty tank. Because that was the one that was on whatever. the tangled it shore. <laughs> it's the bar has a name, Dustin. Okay, but then every time you talk to him, I wish he said a line of dialogue that was like the trash can but for drinking <laughs> like it like he was just like like kind of like the cookies but verbally like he's just making up space beverages <laughs> like oh what do you have a sp- rum and space coke but you know like someone actually bothered to write a good line of dialogue <laughs> and like five or six of those <laughs> uh yeah that would have been next level for me because the, the 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 drifters trash can still one of the top five characters in all of destiny oh probably. absolutely <laughs> like, like you know you got your zavala like and your, K- your kate or whatever but but talking trash can that he just like <laughs> he pre-recorded all the dialogue for it like in canon he did that and i think that's hysterical yeah that's some of the funnier that's funny in a good way like i agree with you i think the i think the um 30th anniversary stuff is funny in an exhausting way yeah. like it gets tiresome very quickly but it was like there was that one it was the salvation's grip mission in beyond light mm-hmm. that i still think the funniest thing about that is that they used the ghost's voice actor to record the dialogue because they couldn't get the drifter's voice actor because of the pandemic. Yeah. And he did a flawless drifter and they're like, no, do it bad. <laughs> and so he did he did the ghost doing an impression of the drifter. And it's some of the funniest dialogue in this entire game right now. Yeah. And you can do that mission whenever you want. Yeah, it's really good. I think it works. And like I said, I get what they were going for with the 30th anniversary, but I still, for me, I still don't think it works to just do all these like references to things outside of the Destiny yeah. universe. Because that's like a meta joke in itself, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Nine and that whole realm. I mean, is it's like, supposed to be like that. Right. It's like, like it's like a weird, like we're, our reality is like kind of part of the Destiny universe, which is kind of part of every parallel universe. But I still just don't think it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 uh, like, like, I, I understand it, mm-hmm. 
I just don't think it's as funny as whoever was writing that. Yeah. Like, when they pitched it, I think they thought that that was funnier than I think it is, personally. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, but yeah, having characters in universe make jokes about the make universe. jokes about right other characters in the universe. I think mm -hmm. it works much better as a humor thing to have in Destiny. Again, personally. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm all in. And, and I, it was also like the um, I think it was a Devil's Ruin mission where you're like the final thing you're on. Mm -hmm. Goddamn fucking Twilight Gap and Saint and Shax are having dialogue back and forth, and it's really funny. And like Osiris comes in for a little bit. And they're just, like, going off on each other. And it's just, it's funny. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I would, uh... And otherwise, like I said, I, I don't know. I just, like, I'm fine with pirate shit. It's fine. In a very, like, no, nine-year-old like, nine kind of it's way. It's not the fact that it's pirates that's bothering me. It's more just, like, what were we doing last season? <laughs> sure. Like I said, I get it. How did we get here? I absolutely understand. I think all of, all of your thoughts are valid because i and it's it's not because it's pirates mm -hmm. i want to make that 100 percent clear sure pirates I, are cool yeah I'm, i love the catch ships with the big ass sails are neat as fuck mm -hmm. i think that's cool yeah and I, I, i'm just describing i think one of the reasons i'm way more positive on this season is like i said just a very childish very uncritical that's fine i like pirates and pirates are fun that's valid dustin you know what's better than pirates space pirates <laughs> yeah there you go because like i said uh, the, uh, jurassic park still is like my go-to <laughs> for this is like and I, do, I actually do think that movie is very good but I also still kind of like, and I, and I did like it less this time we watched it, but I also d still kind of like Jurassic World, the original one. And any amount of joy I get out of that movie is because of the. the... Is literally just theme parks are fun and dinosaurs are cool. Mm -hmm. It's not more complicated than that. Like, it's, ju and that's it's just valid. That. I think uh, that's completely. It's a completely good yeah. take and to as have. A, as a base like... starting point for this season, that's where I'm at with pirates. Like, cool. I remember really liking pirates as a child. Like as a concept, like is a concept, yeah. As like <laughs> a like you know, as a like like fun pirates, not yeah. real pirates. Like uh, t down to like when we would go camping and stuff as like fairly young kids. Um, my dad would like go bury a box with candy in it, <laughs> and we and we would go on a little like you know a fun little treasure hunt together <laughs> and like like that kind of That's shit. Adorable. Yeah. Uh. I don't know if you've ever told me that before. I don't remember if I had, but. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say this, and the and this is another thing where like uh, I appreciate the theming around the season, down uh -huh. to like there's a little quest. Along oh the yeah, track. I love that. That was yeah, so much fun. It is right. Like it's a. There's fun... a little. You get a little message in a bottle, and you have to like. There's like a little like limerick or whatever on there, and there's. I mean, granted, there's highlighted world words to tell yeah, you what to do. It's extremely obvious. Like it's it's mm -hmm. literally just a like a very basic Destiny quest of go do these four things. Yeah. But the thematic. It's it's fun. I had so much fun doing again, it. Again, right? It's it's it. A little bit of style goes, goes a, a long, long way, way, right? Mm -hmm. To to. It's a, it's a very potent spoonful of sugar to down to to down your like public event Arsenic. and strike and like <laughs> yeah it's it's very good that that stuff is great I really appreciate that so whoever like the copywriters and like the, those po folks on the Destiny team who are putting that little bit of flavor mm -hmm. into this a otherwise plus. very tedious boring shit good job yeah, yeah like like your work is appreciated <laughs> um but like I said that tickles the that. That tickles the exact same part of my brain, like <laughs> like, and he would go even that far. Like, this is the kind of stuff where when I think about, uh, if we ever have kids someday, this is the stuff I want to recreate at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is like, like, like we would, we would get a little like, like messages like that when we were doing that stuff as kids. Down to like, he took paper and like burned it, <laughs> <laughs> like he made the paper fucked up. 
to like pretend that it was mm-hmm. like older and damaged or whatever. It, it was very fun. Like very uh, like it was w- it was one of those above and beyond parenting things because mm-hmm. like him and mom would do that together and it was uh, <laughs> I'll ne- I'll never forget that stuff that was because uh, uh, that stuff shows and and in this in the same vein like obviously not in a personal aspect but in the same vein like that those little quests could have just been go do these yeah four things and instead they put a little flavor on it gave it a little zazz. and they like. If you know, like, if you're familiar with the game, you'll know exactly what to do. Because the first one was like, oh, start of the moon. Mm-hmm. Like, they mentioned, like, like Revelation, Lost. Like, okay, it's, it's the one Lost Sector over by Sorrow's Harbor or whatever. And it's like, oh, something, something, Saber, something, something. I'm like, okay, we're going here. And then the actual, like, finding the treasure, I had to stop and think for a little bit. Like, I went, I knew exactly where to go. I'm like, okay, I know what they're talking about. I got there. And I'm just like, just looking around. For mm-hmm. the X that marked the spot, and I did eventually find it, but it was it was cute. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I said that's all. Like, I like Drifter. I like pirates. <laughs> my, my feelings about those parts of the season are completely <laughs> Yo, ho, uncomplicated. Ho, <laughs> right? Uh, what's um, Aram? Uh, not Aramis. God damn it. Ido. No, Mithrax is what's his daughter's name? Ido. I know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forget. I keep forgetting because we interacted with the character sometimes, but not that much over the last. Recently, it, well, it was it was only in season of I, Splicer because I think they took the Elixir quarter. It might have still been there in season of um, the Lost. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but, but um, since then it has not been back. This is our first time being able to go back there. Yeah. Since that season, and there was a. Um, a quest that you could do, and it wasn't even really a quest. It was more just like kind of like an incidental thing. There yeah. was a triumph attached to it, and you would just kind of walk around, like you'd go talk to her, and she like was kind of just like, oh, I guess I have to talk to you because like you're helping my dad and all of us or whatever. And you could look at specific things, and she would tell you stuff about it, like, oh, like we used to make these effigies in like the shape of the great machine because it like we'd all like kind of come together and build them or like these shit like. This shank has been modified and repaired a million times. It's basically a part of our family, and all this other little these little things about yeah, like Elixney culture, like post whirlwind. Because I'm pretty sure she's only ever she never grew up on their home world, which is, name is escaping me at the moment. I don't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Reese. That's because Reese reborn is the name of the city in Europa because they named it after their planet. Um, and I like. I knew her exactly who that was when she showed up and maybe you just didn't remember it, which I don't blame you or you just didn't do it. Cause it wasn't like mm-hmm. very obvious. Uh, no, I like, knew there. I went to the Elixir quarter a lot because yeah, I like love said... the Batsa district and goddamn, do I miss her to the past? I knew their like familiar relationship. I think they even call it out in the cutscene that starts. They the do. Season. Yeah. But I, I knew who that was. I didn't was remember if we ever beforehand. saw her on camera. Yes. Um... Not in like a cutscene fashion. Because, like, it was just a, she was just sitting there mm-hmm. in this, like, where the map was for Scourge of the Past. And you could just go up and talk to her. Yeah. But that was that was really good content. That dialogue was good in that season. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that stuff, I, I appreciate it when they pull some of those more meaningful world building things out of just written text in the lore and mm-hmm. into the game proper. So I really like that. And I, and I like her in this too. Like, uh, she's real cute. Yeah. She, she's doing research and stuff. She's and, a scribe. And, and I'd like, like on the more, like the part of the season that isn't quite as silly, although it is like, it's subtle. Like it's not, I don't think, I'd, I'd be curious if this is in any way a meaningful part of the season, but the fact that, um, 
The elixir quarter is more built up now. Yeah, I really like that. I don't know They've if they've got like more buildings. Yeah, now. I don't know if that'll be anything more than like a passive narrative thing, but I still really appreciate it. I don't mind if it is. Like if you just I don't, like, I don't mind if either. we pop in like every so often because like we have to do something with Misrax or mm-hmm. whatever, and like it's just there's buildings now or whatever yeah. or like. You see the little baby fallen that were in the little bandoliers or whatever, just like having a time. Yeah, I like, really appreciate that. I think it's good, and and in that way, like I said, I think it, that is that's like somewhat subtle world building thing is successful in a way that I still think the last season kind of dropped the ball on because mm-hmm. like just dropping the sections of Leviathan back down and making them like grosser. <laughs> whatever that's not meaningfully different to me but this is like the ge- geometry has changed enough and it also has a like i don't know for my money it has a better tie into like what's happening the story of destiny right where like there this is we haven't forgotten that the fallen are part of the, they're still in the tower the, right that, that yeah they're that around this group of elixir are an active part of the civilization yeah. that is like the last human city like they're mm-hmm. they're here too we're still together we didn't just completely disregard that from like mm-hmm. that St. 14 season or whatever, like, oh, like a couple of seasons ago when we like, you know, defended their right to exist against mm-hmm. what's the her Vax. name from Future War Cult? Lakshmi. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm Lakshmi's glad that, that I'm glad that that is ongoing. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, And I think that I think that's pretty much it. Other than that, like I said, it's very early in mm-hmm. the season. Like we've got another three months almost <laughs> of this. So we'll see how it goes going forward but my initial impressions are much more positive than last season which mm-hmm. i thought was on the whole kind of bad <laughs> agreed uh, but anyway i think with all that said unless you have anything else to add uh we might call it a podcast Woo. all right i think we'll we'll sign off then um well thank you lorraine for yeah. hanging out thank you colette our cat for being mostly for good. not eating you didn't, the ethernet cable you didn't cause too much trouble big proud uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll be back with, you know, more indie game stuff, more Destiny stuff, more idle chatter. We'll be back with all kinds of shit. Getting close to the end of Tales of Symphonia. Almost, almost done with we're, Tales of Symphonia. We're creeping closer. Uh, that'll be happening on Thursday still. We'll still, we'll, more often than not, be streaming some kind of indie game every Saturday on Twitch. Yeah. Catch us at twitch.tv slash games. You can find our archives at games on YouTube. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions for us or if you have a game that you'd like us to check out if you're making indie stuff uh you can email us at podcast at cubehorngames.com yeah and with all that said uh stay safe out there yep have a great couple of weeks and we will see you later bye